Consequence Podcast Network. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by Consequence of Sound. I'm one of the hosts today. Uh, actually, no, <laughs> I'm the only host today. This is uh, Michael Rothman, President Editor Chief of Consequence of Sound. And you're probably wondering, where are the other losers? They're uh, taking a break this week because this is another episode of Collecting King. Now, if you recall, back in April, we kicked off this series with Joanne Trotter, who regaled us with many stories on how she became a huge fan of Stephen King, going into her collection, all her rare books, her favorite villains, her favorite heroes, and her favorite collector. And if you recall from that episode, she named the next collector. And I'd like to introduce you to Cameron Skip. Well, hello, Mike. Thank you for having me on the podcast today. Where are you uh, calling from today? I'm calling from Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada. Oh my gosh, this is a this is a big leap. We spoke to uh, Joanne from Ireland, and now we're speaking to you from Canada. This is look. This is proof that Stephen King is global. How's Canada right now? <laughs> uh, you know what? It's it's we've been having a really weird summer. It's been really hot some days, and then for the past week, it's been very overcast, and it almost feels like fall. Yeah. And I, I'm not happy about that. Oh, really? Because we, I, it has been awful in Chicago. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. 105 degrees, 95 degrees some days. I'm from Miami. I, I, I love the fall weather. So I gotta. Looks like I gotta move up to Canada uh, very, very soon. Well, well we got the space. So. That's that's great. And and it seems like uh, I'm a little jealous of your country right now, and for reasons I won't go into on in this podcast because uh, we've gotten complaints about getting political. But <laughs> let's just say things are not great in the United States. Anyway, without going too much down that rabbit hole, let's stick with King. And I want to talk to you about uh, the beginning. You know, every story has a beginning. Every fan has a beginning. And I want to know, what are your earliest memories of Stephen King? Especially, you know, how long have you actually been reading them? I think it was King who said, time's the thief of memory. So please excuse me if I get some of these details, uh, the minutia wrong. But uh, (laughs) The first time I, I ever encountered Stephen King, I was in grade seven, actually. Oh, nice. And uh, so, but I, I guess it goes back to before that. Like, my love of horror started when I was when I was younger. I, I grew up in a small town uh, called Peace River up in northern Alberta. And uh, I, I was, like, the only guy in my class that lived in town. All my friends lived on acreages, and they lived out on farms and stuff. And so we'd go out. Uh, and have sleepovers, and and they have the big satellite dish out there, right? And and they'd be recording all these old horror movies onto their on VHS tapes, and so we'd stay up late into the night because their parents didn't really care what we'd watch, mm-hmm. and that's what that's why we'd always hang out there and we watched like the old Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the Thirteenth and just all these really cheesy B movies that I can't even remember what they were, <laughs> but but it really left a lasting impression, and I don't think it was until grade seven. When uh, we all got together and and we watched, I think Dreamcatcher was the first Stephen oh King movie God. that I ever watched. <laughs> um, but it's dick and fart jokes, right? So I, I was eating it up. I was in grade seven, right? I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Oh yeah. And like, uh, and so at the at the library at the school, they they had the book, so I decided to to rent it out and and read it, and I loved it. I thought it was great. And I mean, up until this point, I I never read anything um, that. I guess, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? That mature or that uh, analytical? Almost. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, this is great, especially like SSDD, and that became my my favorite saying, <laughs> like the rest of high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the same year, one of the friend, one of my friends in my class, uh, had lent me her mom's copy of the It miniseries that she had recorded off of the the original broadcast, and and it would it was grainy and and you could barely make out what was going on but i I watched that thing a bunch and and it scared scared the living daylights out of me and uh it's interesting you go from Dreamcatcher to it too because there are are a lot of similarities with between those two stories for sure 
um, between like the whole friends reuniting and Dreamcatcher and uh, even like even the movie itself. The dairy connection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's 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 kind of interesting how it does feel kind of like a spiritual sequel in some sorts, um, you know. But I didn't read it till years, years later. But yeah, the, the Dreamcatcher and, and the It miniseries is probably where my my journey started with King. Well, that's a good story. I mean, that's a it's a great place to start. It's it's very rare too because I don't I don't know if I've met too many people that uh, where Dreamcatcher is their start. That's usually where people start realizing, like, oh my god, King definitely trips occasionally. But uh, I actually really do like Dreamcatcher. I, I I love the movie. I think it's crazy. I think it's wild. Uh, but I like that. Um, yeah, you know, it was great. Uh, great B movie sci fi King. No, totally right. Yeah. So your first book is Dreamcatcher. When you finally did watch the It miniseries, how did you come to realize, like, okay, I'm going to keep reading Stephen King? Well, it was, it was kind of funny because I had, uh, <clears throat> I started reading Dreamcatcher, and and uh, I guess like I, I told my parents or whatever, and they were like, oh, he's reading Stephen King, and so my mom had mentioned to one of her friends that uh, that I was reading Stephen King. So so out of the blue one day, I get a knock on the door, and I go and and uh, it's it's one of my mom's friends and she has this huge stack of K- Stephen King books and she's like hey i hear you like Stephen King now so here you go and just like loads me up with uh oh there was like uh, half of it was big old first edition hardcovers like uh, desperation and gerald's game and bag of bones and uh then a bunch of smaller paperbacks rose mm-hmm. matter and and all that kind of thing and i was just like holy like jeez uh thank you <laughs> i guess like yeah. okay um and so after that we we moved uh from peace river to grand prairie different uh, i kind of changed up the scenery and i guess i i continued reading it because it was i don't know it was familiar almost like mm-hmm. to have that that you know, as I'm getting used to a new city and, and whatnot. And, uh, in grade eight, I tried to read Gerald's game, which I almost immediately put down because that is not subject matter that a uh, junior high student should be reading. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in, a little instead risky. I, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, and then I moved over to desperation, which I ended up not finishing. And then I kind of drifted away for a couple months from King. And then all of a sudden I discovered the dark tower series. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, the summer between grade eight and grade nine, I read, uh, the first four books, it just back to back. And that was the same year that, uh, the King had come back to the dark tower mm-hmm. series and he was facing wolves and, and, you know, songs and, uh, the final book. And, and so I was buying them as they were coming out, oh, wow. uh, in, in hardcover. I ended up not, getting through wolves though i got distracted with one other thing you know you're young you start things you oh don't totally them. yeah and so uh and embarrass- embarrassingly enough i have to admit mike on this podcast right now that i have never finished the dark tower series even now oh wow that's crazy now, i know i started but this year this is the the year that i started to uh i said to myself i'm gonna i'm gonna go through the whole series again nice and so i read the gunslinger in uh, january and then i kind of the life finds a way to, to get in your way so uh, uh i'm still working on it but i i think over the summer here i'm gonna sit down and maybe recreate that those memories of grade eight and just power through yeah you know drawing of the three in the wastelands i read really fast yeah uh, gunslinger took me actually oh my gosh the better part of a year to actually get yeah. through just because i don't know there's something about it that just it just i couldn't just sink my teeth into it for some reason although looking back it's the one i actually remember i mean sequentially it's actually an easier book than the other ones to remember but i just have vivid portraits in my head of that book even though i wasn't particularly interested as i was with say drawing of the three which i i mean i just consumed wastelands i consumed wolves of the Kala took that was a pretty fast one uh song of susanna i is is the shortest one so you just go you knock that out but that that last book is um it definitely takes a while and wizard and glass of course is just like if you haven't gotten to that one like that's just it's one of the most heartbreaking stories that it's just it's amazing it's it's a great story um i need need to reread wizard because uh that was the like i read it during that summer but uh I don't know. It just it I hit that book like a brick wall, man. Like I couldn't get through it for the life of me. Like it, it took me so long to, yeah. to finally get through it. And once I did, I just had a bad experience with it. And so I I've always said that that was my least favorite book in the series. Yeah. Uh, just because there's that steam that builds up right from the drawing of the three and, yep. and the wastelands. And it's this big story. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, guys, let's sit down. I know I'm going <laughs> to tell you a story. Right. And I'm just like, come on, man. What 
we got a quest. We got to go. Oh, I agree. Uh, no, because even in the beginning, I think they even tease it saying like, oh, we could kind of see the glimmer of the tower in the distance on the road. And they're like, eh, let's just t- take a, you know, let's take a break right here. I remember being furious about that uh, as well. Um, you're not alone. And in fact, a lot of fans have felt that way. It's just once you get embedded into the actual story that Roland's telling, it's so addicting. And it's just, it's, it, it becomes, it's, it's just one of the better dramatic or not dramatic per se, but more romantic tales that King does. And and honestly, at that point for me, I wasn't very invested, uh, emotionally invested in Roland for some reason. I just, he just didn't do it for me. Whereas I loved Eddie. It felt like the, almost like the Han Solo of the story. But once you get through Wizard and Glass, it just redefines Roland in a way that made me that much more interested in his quest. Uh, did you actually see the movie last year? Uh, yes, I did. Um <laughs> Honestly, like, okay, so the movie starts off, and I'm like, like, damn, like, okay, uh, we're we're hitting the ground running here. Like, yeah. this is great. Like, this is awesome. I'm I'm loving it. I'm uh, okay. It's good. And then you get you get to that that scene where Roland and Jake are are sitting in the the ruins of the carnival or yeah, whatever. it's like Pennywise is supposed to be Pennywise's carnival or something. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. and I I actually had trouble keeping my eyes open because I I it just I was like I don't care anymore. Yeah. I, I don't. Roland, you're the last of your your kind. Like I don't I don't give a fuck. Like. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like you, you did not create sympathy for that character. I, I just, it was really poorly done. I, I'll have to watch it again. I no. guess maybe. I keep telling myself that because you know what? There's worse Stephen King adaptations. Oh, there are. There are definitely. <laughs> there, there, there definitely are. Um, what's baffling to me is that they managed to pretty much include every book all seven books and still only came out with a 90 minute movie like are you kidding me it's just it's it's baffling to me it's just a very unfortunate movie but reportedly we're still getting the tv show from netflix which i believe is going to be a wizard and glass adaptation which i guess could be kind of like a reboot of sorts so i don't know we'll see oh joy another long-winded yeah (laughs) stephen king after no i'm just kidding yeah yeah right right (laughs) um but to go back to some of your origins uh what would what would you say is the first character that you really truly connected with? Uh, probably Roland. To be oh, honest, oh, interesting. With you. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because I well, either that, um, or I also read Hearts in Atlantis when I was uh, younger too. So mm. uh, Bobby Garfield was also a character that I really really liked and uh, thought that you know he's just a kid trying to make it in the world, and I don't know, I was I was a kid that was. I come from a very fortunate background, so yeah. I mean, there's not really much relatable in there, but no, the Roland thing, I definitely like, you know, because it's that cowboy, that man in black, that Clint Eastwood kind of, yeah, like badassery, like yeah, yeah, I could be a, I could be a cowboy. I live in Alberta, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the terrain like up there? They got, got uh, there. There are a lot of like fields, or a lot of mountains, or uh, uh well, the, um. So Alberta's kind of neat because on one side, on the side of the border is British Columbia, we got the Rocky Mountains, right? Oh, yeah. And those go down into Colorado and stuff. And then uh, uh, where I am, we got a lot of forests up uh, up in the north st- side and then a lot of plains down on the south side of Alberta here. So we kind of got it all. You know, there's there's always something to see. That's great. So you could have a, a bunch of adventures. Do you ever go out uh, and like read out, out, you know, out in nature or whatever? Or like, I mean, I know that sounds so precious, but... <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we got a well we got a nice park down here in town so i usually like uh i got a longboard so i'll, I'll go down there and uh maybe you know hide a couple beers or something and go and climb a tree and drink some beers read some king or something like that or, great. and then there's there's some uh there's a nice little river uh not far probably about a 20 minute walk from where my house is so i just like to go into the river there when the uh when the mosquitoes are not carnivorous <laughs> and i can yeah. actually sit down and read a book yeah yeah no that that's yeah. that sounds like heaven actually do you ever listen to uh, any music while you're reading yeah i uh i actually i really like it depends what kind of mood i'm in though if i'm i'm listening to something with uh lyrics or not mm-hmm. like i collect a lot of uh, vinyl and i have uh, oh. a huge collection a lot of them are horror movie soundtracks yeah yeah. Especially with all these new releases. Like, there's some great companies out there uh, right now that's putting out oh, God, uh, yeah. reissues, right? Uh, like Mondo and uh, uh, Waxworks. Oh, and, totally. Oh, yeah. So I, I sometimes, like, uh, I'll sit down, read Salem's Lot, and throw on the Salem's Lot TV soundtrack or something, right? Uh, 
And, oh, one of the coolest experiences I had listening to music and reading was with 112263. Uh, yeah. So, because I just put on a bunch of, um, you know, early rock and roll and jazz mm-hmm. records and just kind of like really lost myself in the in the time period. And uh, that was kind of the other times, though, when I'm trying to concentrate, sometimes it's not as good because then, you know, you, you get listening to the music and you'd read the same line over and over. And you're just like, ah, I don't know. What, what was I doing? What? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's a sometimes kind of scenario. No, it's 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 it is hard to kind of listen to stuff with lyrics. I, I find also with with reading, like I uh, similar to you, I, I do actually try to pair up a lot of stuff with adaptations. Like when I was reading The Stand, I was listening to W.G. Snuffy Walden's score from the miniseries, and and just found myself just enamored with the pages and like the the music that was on there. But I try to like shake it up a little bit just because I don't want it to be exactly like a direct adaptation sometimes. But most of the time, I do find myself going to the music that corresponds to you know the adaptations or whatever is going on in the pages I, I know that one of the fans out there actually collected oh my god it's like on spotify it's like a whole playlist of stephen king songs that he mentioned like all the songs that are mentioned in all his works and everything so that's if you're ever on spotify take a look on that because it's 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 a, it's a wild playlist i mean it's just because i mean king is a he just references rock and roll all the time so oh yeah um so it's kind of fun to to go back and i think it's chronologically actually so it's just interesting to see where he's where his head's at with some of the stuff um in terms of going to collecting you know you'd said you'd received a a few books to kick off your collection you mentioned you're a huge vinyl uh enthusiast which i love vinyl too we we're a huge vinyl enthusiast here at consequence of sound so what started first was it the vinyls or the books and which one has taken over uh well i've always had a very eclectic uh kind of style of collecting things like i don't always stick to one thing at a time like I'll but sometimes I do have my my periods where I'll just like okay I'm just gonna buy records for like a month or something or like I'm just gonna go and hunt for for books or something like that but Mm -hmm. um I I started I guess it was two years ago now I uh I I just got I was at a really weird point in my life and I I think I just got out of a big breakup or something and I I I was turning to books to kind of uh that comfort kind of thing again right and yeah. so I started started going out to some thrift shops and and uh, stuff because somebody had mentioned one of my friends had been like, yeah, like if you ever want to get some new books, uh, check out the thrift stores because usually people like will read a book once and toss it there. So I started uh, going in and collecting some hardcovers and finding these Stephen King books and first editions and stuff. And and I was just like, this is my new addiction. Like, I'm just going to go and and find all these books and, and make a, a library like mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome. And so I started posting it on Instagram. I had a, a small account and, and you know, hashtag Stephen King or whatever. And then I noticed that all these uh, really cute girls were liking and commenting on these pictures. And yeah. that's that's kind of how I got into the whole bookstagram thing, because I'm just like, like, what? Who, who are these? Who are these people? And actually, Joanne was one of the first people that uh, commented on on one of my uh, Stephen King posts. Mm-hmm. Back when I had like, I don't know, 20 followers or something. And I'm just like, who is this girl that has like thousands and yeah. thousands of followers and what what is this and then uh started doing her and abby's uh, uh very king christmas in 2016 oh right and from, yeah. from there it just kind of exploded i was just like man i i need to get all the stephen king i need to get all the hardcover stephen king so that's kind of what i've been doing and i i love collecting i like going out and finding it yeah me like, too. i know a lot of people they'll just they'll order it online or something and, and I, I do it every now and then but i would rather that's the thrill of the hunt, right? You yeah. got to go out and find it in the in the wild. Oh, hey, I am right there with you, man. I, I, I've I'm very similar with in terms of just like collecting random things. Like I, I'm a huge action figure enthusiast, so like I, I've I've oh, got nice. yeah, like so I've and lately it's translated to Funkos because I'm a psychopath with that, and I love. <laughs> So I've like gone nuts with like trying to find random Funkos here and there. But yeah, it, there, there is something really fun about actually being like just running around the street. I'm, you know, I live in Chicago, so we got a bunch of random stores here and there. And especially I don't have a car. So it's like you really are going on almost like an adventure. And I don't know if it has to do with just my love like for Indiana Jones growing up or whatever. But there is something so much more rewarding about being able to find it in person as opposed to just like, you know, just ordering it online and then waiting for it to ship to the house, you know, seeing it on the shelf and pulling it away. is just like, oh, it's, the, it's like it's like the best feeling. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's something that's, you don't expect to see or something really rare. Right? I know. You're, there, you're just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, one of the, well, one of the coolest things I ever found was uh, it's 
uh, on writing yeah. Stephen King's memoirs of the craft uh, on audio cassette. Oh, neat. shrink wrapped for three dollars. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty and cool. Like the fifty two dollar price tag on the back still ah. and stuff. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, yeah, this is never getting opened. <laughs> what was the first big grab that you recall getting on your own? Um, let's see. Uh, I was looking into this earlier. It was, uh, I actually went out, I went down to Edmonton for, uh, about a week, mm-hmm. a couple summers ago. Uh, and that's one of the, I don't know how familiar you Americans are with our, our cities. Uh, but Edmonton's the capital of Alberta here. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I went out to a value village down there and they have like, uh, which is one of our thrift stores or whatever. I don't know if you guys have uh, value villages down there, but there's, they have like five of them in the city. And I went to one and I found uh, hardcovers of Dead Zone, Stand, the Holy complete shit. uncut edition, uh, Cell, Cujo, Christine, Skeleton Crew, and then paperbacks of Talisman and Green Mile. Not the serial novels, but the complete. Mm-hmm. And so that was like my first big Stephen King. Like this was all at one store. Oh my God. It, that was all, that's a hell of a haul. Right. It cost me like 25 bucks for all these books. <laughs> and it, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was it was awesome. I felt super good about that, especially with the stand. Like, yeah, I I'd, I'd never seen a hardcover copy up until that point. And I mean, uh, I've probably come across about three in my life now of the complete uncut ones. And then I have a, a, a book club edition of the uh, the original. Yeah, the, orig- uh, the original one's hard to come by. I do see the recut a, a couple of times. Dead Zone's rare, though. I mean, and, and, and honestly, it took me a while to find... Um, the uh skeleton crew hardcover as well so that's i mean kudos to you i mean that's like a hell of a fine and i actually had to pay a high sum for the dead zone unfortunately uh just because it was yeah it was a it was like a first edition that was like crisp and i had never seen the the hardcover for the dead zone at that time so i was just like all right i gotta get it um which then of course years later i did find one for like 20 bucks and i'm like oh that's good mike uh, great job spending all that money but have there ever been situations where you've actually paid a lot of money for books or or has it always just been pretty much you've been kind of digging through the you know the kind of goodwills the the bargain bins the value marts no i definitely uh there's there's been times where um i'll go to a higher end bookstore or something and i'll find something like i got my uh, salem's lot illustrated edition Probably paid around 40 bucks for that. Uh, still used, but good condition mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then, uh, I, I don't know, the, my book club edition of The Stand, uh, that was like 30 bucks. Um, not, and then I have a couple Cemetery Dance, you know, editions because those are, and those are a little pricey. But you, yeah. you know what? They're worth it. They look so nice. Yeah. Um, what I was trying to think, I think there was one that I paid a lot of money for. Um no, I don't. I can't. I can't recall. I went down to a horror con uh, recently, actually, and I mm-hmm. they had a, a hardcover of the Bachman books, like the full size. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they wanted 70 bucks for that thing. <laughs> and I just could not justify it. I have the book club edition, but, uh, you know, you got to have all the I want. I don't know. I want collections of both. Especially since why. like three fourths of that collection are really Crap. bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> like Roadwork is the one Stephen King story that I, I just couldn't finish i also thought the running man was just eh, and and but i mean you get the long walk in there so can't complain i guess too much but oh i know what i paid a lot of money for yeah uh so i i wanted to complete my my dark tower hardcover collection okay and i have uh uh the wastelands is probably what i spent the most money on the hardcovers for the um dark tower are very rare i i've i've seen one gunslinger and that was only at a book expo and that was oh god like up to 300 something dollars for that one yeah i mean when you go to some of these book expos and there are like the actual like they're the legit first editions it is staggering how much money some people will spend on it like i know that at the same expo as that they had a uh, a hardcover of carrie that oh my god i want to say it was um like it was signed by king and it was like around seven hundred something dollars uh, for Holy that one. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. And um, there have definitely been situations where I've passed on uh, Salem's Lot first editions for being like I think it was like two hundred something dollars. There was a The Shining when I was in New Orleans. The second edition was going for like one hundred and fifty. They get pricey and they get crazy. And there are I've seen online there are some collectors that will pay that much for it, which is just it. It, it is wild. It, it's the Viking, the Viking. Yeah, covers. okay, okay. That's what it is. And yeah, I, I managed to find all all four of the original books. Oh, man, um, nice. 
Right. And and my uh both my drawing of the three and my wizarding glass are still shrink wrapped. So those oh, are wow. Right. I like to I like to throw up pictures of those every now and then just to make everyone jealous. Yeah, that's 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 pretty great. Would you say those are your favorite? Uh it it changes from from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh I do have the big uh, slipcase hardcover of the gunslinger graphic novel. Mm. The the big brown. Well, I have both of them, but one of them I went out and uh uh, jeez, oh, I'm just I'm blanking on his name at the moment. He did the art for uh for the the comic book series, and he was at a comic convention that I was at, so I got him to do a big Roland uh kind of bust on mm-hmm. the inside jacket, and he signed it and everything. So that's uh that looks really cool. Oh, it's uh it's Jay Lee. Jay Lee. Oh, Jay Lee. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he was there, and and so I I hauled these this big omnibus up and and kind of slammed it down on his table. I'm like, can you draw? And rolling on here and so that was kind of neat i think that's definitely one of my favorites i oh, also have um i don't know the stand uh, i don't know there's so many so many i don't know if i can really pick a favorite uh I, oh oh i well i love my my hardcover of it my first edition because it has a great story behind it um so my mom's kind of like my partner in crime when it comes to collecting stephen king books love it. and uh <laughs> well she was the one that like told her friend right and then oh, so yeah. uh yeah. i i've never encountered a hardcover of it in the wild whatsoever but uh my mom was visiting visiting my grandma at uh, at her nursing home and uh she had seen <laughs> there was a, there was a copy of it on like the communal bookshelf <laughs> and so she's like she's like to one of the the nurses or whatever she's like hey can i uh can i take that book and she's like well that's they're they're there to read like go ahead kind of thing so she steals it from this nursing home and oh brings my it back God. it's been in my collection ever since maybe it's haunted actually you know maybe it's Ooh. a haunted book that could be a, that that could be cool too I, I would imagine those dark tower ones are pretty the shrink wrap ones are pretty rare but is there you know just one that the that you've looked up in over the you know over time and seen that wow this is like the rarest book i have in my collection this is wild uh i do have an aba uh advanced copy of gerald's game that i picked up at a convention a couple oh, nice. years back nice. and so that's kind of neat it comes in like this kind of uh i don't know made makeshift uh slip case and then it has a facsimile of a note by king imprinted inside the book so i i just thought it was kind of cool i came across it and i got a good deal on it so that's it's kind of neat i haven't encountered another one so oh that's, i don't know i feel like yeah. it's kind of rare what would you consider the scariest cover? Oh, scariest cover. Um, you know what? I've always thought that the the cover of uh, either Nightmares and Dreamscapes mm-hmm. uh, with with the scarecrow, yeah, or uh, or that that goddamn monkey on <laughs> Skeleton Crew. Yeah, I've never liked it. Oh, and Desperation that has a really creepy cover. Oh, Desperation is really creepy. Yeah, and that's one of the first books that I really like. Looked at the cover of, and I'm just like, "What the hell is this?" No, the art, the artwork's amazing on that. So, mm. so, it's, so it sounds like you go to a lot of places though for, for these books. I mean, do, do there are there a lot of used bookstores near you, or is it kind of just you have to go to depots that have like a book section per se? Mm-hmm. We have a couple in town here, uh, but usually I'll wait till I go to one of the bigger cities, and I'll just make a day of it and drive all over the city looking at different bookstores and different thrift thrift shops and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but up here, you never know where you'll find good deals on books. Like I've, I've come across some great little finds and stuff. And sometimes people are offloading their collections and just making space in their house. So you got to keep on the, uh, the Facebook groups and whatnot, the buy and sells and the bidding wars and stuff. So is this something you're like religiously doing or do you kind of come back to it occasionally? Is it, uh, it's yeah, it's, it's always kind of there, but I, I don't know. I've taken a break from it for now. Cause I'm just like, I don't have any more room on my, my shelf. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need to, I've already sticking books and boxes and stuff, but there are some things that I'm, and, uh, I, there was a point where I'm just like, okay, I need every edition of every book, you know? So you go out and be like, Oh, I don't have this paperback and throw it, throw it in a cart. Um, but now I'm kind of getting more, uh, more picky with it and, and just really trying to find the ones that I'm, I'm missing, fill in those gaps in the, in my collection and uh but, well i've been collecting a lot of king vhs uh recently too i saw yeah that's 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 fun also yeah, yeah and so uh you know finding now that's kind of my my focus and uh <laughs> in in the world of king right yeah. anyways because i yeah. have i have a lot of of the books but there's like still a couple like the uh like i still need a hardcover of carrie and uh you know the first edition of salem's lot and stuff like the really rare hard to find stuff mm-hmm. 
that's uh, the seventy. Yeah, the seventy stuff is just really, really hard to find. Uh, especially yeah. like, I still don't have a Shining. I still don't have. I, I found a re. I think it was a fan club version of Carrie that was kind of just like a reprint of the first edition. You know, the original first edition. Um, oh, yeah. Which is so funny because the cover is ridiculous. It looks like uh, it looks like a pretty much like a trade paperback. A romantic novel or so, or like a mystery novel from like the 60s or like a Hardy Boys mystery or something. It just does not look emblematic of the actual story whatsoever. Right. But um, doesn't even have like the same font for it. But um, yeah, I, 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 I'm dying to get a Salem slot. I know uh, our co-host, uh, Dan Caffrey, he's the only one I know that has like an actual first edition of uh, Salem's Lot. Maybe Mel does. I, gotta, I, think, I think maybe two people do. But um, that's still the only one I've ever found is one without a dust jacket. And it was around for 200 bucks. And I was like, uh, not going to happen. So, um, yeah. but I love, uh, I love Salem's lot so much. I really want that book. Um, all right. So for me, I have a process where I like, I had just have like a mental list in my head sometimes when I go to the, some of these stores where I'm looking around, but there's always one at the top of my head that I'm like, all right, I wanted this out more than anything out there. What is that for you? Uh, I think it would be the the first edition of cycle of the werewolf, like the big hardcover. Yeah. Uh, just the, the numbered edition or whatever was the first edition of it that came out. Yeah. I have been looking for that for a long time and I have a couple of the, uh, uh, the smaller editions of it, just the normal kind of black editions or whatever. But I think it's, what's the big one. It looks white or something. And it has... yeah, yeah. Cause there's only a, a select number that were made. So it's like, yeah, those are so, <laughs> those are so hard to find. Yeah, um, I look up the prices every now and then, and they are they are quite expensive. Yeah, but anyway, Instagram. You know, you yeah. said that you started. You know, you'd been talking to Abby, you've been talking to Joanne. When did you feel like it was actually starting to take an effect, and uh, and when did you feel like you were going to have to do this on more of a consistent basis? <laughs> well, it was probably after that that uh, initial King Christmas challenge. Yeah, and then I I continued doing them every now and then, and then there was some read-alongs. That I started getting involved in, and all of a sudden, like wham, bam! I have a, a bookstagram account. When did this happen? What the <laughs> hell? Now I'm posting on, like, <laughs> I'm going out to restaurants and I'm taking pictures of books with my beer, and like, <laughs> you know, I, I I always have a book on me now, and I'm just like, what? But I still post some things that aren't specific to bookstagram, right? Like, I don't, I'm not one of those people that have multiple accounts. Mm-hmm. I just have the one account. Like I couldn't manage multiple accounts. Oh no, it's so hard. Are you kidding me? I have I have trouble enough posting to to my Twitter and my Facebook and, and my Instagram. That's too many accounts already. Oh yeah. But uh, I I don't know. There was some point, and I even I was talking to Joe the one day, and I was like, oh, I don't have a Bookstagram account, and she's like, Cam, I'm like Cam, come on, like, come on, <laughs> you do, you do. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, Jesus. Okay. But, you know, I still post a lot of my vinyl stuff and, you know, my, my collectibles and mixed in with, with all that kind of stuff. So, and then, you know, nobody's complained so far. Um, I, I file, I feel like people enjoy, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing. I have a nice mix of, uh, of different things on there enough to keep everyone kind of interested. And, uh, it's been a while since I've done some rhymes though. I know people really enjoyed when I, I did a whole, uh, one of their, I think it was a, another, uh, yeah, it was Joe and, and Abby. They did the A to Z King Challenge. Yeah, yeah. And for every single one, I wrote a rhyme uh, for for all the the subjects. And uh, everyone keeps bothering me to keep rhyming, but I gotta gotta wait for that inspiration. Can't force it, you know. No, you can't. You can't because then it looks you know disingenuous and all. So I, yeah. you gotta you gotta when the moment uh, you know moment strikes. I, what I love also is that. You do a lot of interesting pairings with some real world stuff. Like I love the cell one that you did, like the actual flip phone that's in front of it. That's really, that's just <laughs> oh, yeah. great. It looks like you're a Funko collector also. That, that was a symptom of, of joining Bookstagram because mm-hmm. everyone loves the Funkos. And, and damn it, I've got an addictive personality, if yep. I do say so myself. <laughs> it's, it, well, especially with Funkos are hard because... I mean, I keep telling myself like, no, that's it. I'm done. I got my Steve Harrington Funko. I don't need anything else. And then... No, there's like a new license that gets announced and I'm like, oh shit. And I got to get these two and then I got to get that one. And then I get it. And then I'm like, okay, well, there's no more space for this anymore, but I'm going to make space and I'm going to add more. And I'm, you know, it's just, it is, it is funny how like, uh, most of this is fueled by an addictive personality for sure. You know, um, it does, it's like almost like you have a mental checklist in your head. You're just like, if, if it's not checked, this will all feel for not, at least that's how I look at it almost. Um, do you want to have every book or are you just, or are you just mostly kind of, is it more of a curatorial thing? It's, I would like to have 
every book. Like I, I there's certain uh, like down the road, I want to have my you know your big library. You got the the nice chair to read in. You got the big ladder that you can scoot across and big fireplace or whatever. Yeah. And and I just want I want to have certain authors and I want to have their whole bibliography up on the wall. Yeah, you know, um, preferably in in uh, editions that complement each other and you know, all, all fit together nicely on the shelf. And, and I don't know, King was really my first, uh, it, it, it reignited my, my love for reading. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kind of, I feel like I owe it to, to Cy King to really collect everything that he, he has put out. Um, and so I, I'll keep going. And I mean, if it, if it takes me till I'm, you know, 40, 50, 60, I'll, uh, I will have my complete King collection one day. <laughs> Are you buying his current published works? You know, cause he just did the outsider last year. He did sleeping beauties. Gwenny's button box. Are you, are you, are you keeping along with those as well as they're coming out? But, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been, I've been, uh, usually when they, they come out here at the bookstores, I'll go down and they like, it's 50% off bestsellers or whatever new releases. So I'll, I'll pick up that, uh, with sleeping <laughs> beauties. I definitely, uh, well, I ordered the cemetery dance, put out the, the slipcase or whatever they, they mm-hmm. announced it. And I was very angry when I got that one in. Cause I thought it was going to be more than just the trade hardcover. Yeah. Um, cause I paid a lot of money for that. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, no, you're paying for the slipcase that didn't come out until like a half year after the actual book did. Uh-huh. Um, and then I had pre-ordered it on Amazon and then I had gone out and bought it the first day. So I had three fucking copies of this book. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, but it worked out. I gave one away for a Christmas present and then I have the two, I have one slipcase on the shelf and the other one, but yeah, now I'm just like, okay, if I'm going to buy a Stephen King book, like I'm only going to buy one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have been really liking the new trade paperbacks that are coming out. The ones that are a little bit bigger than the other yeah, ones, but yeah. the, they, they look so goddamn nice on the shelf. And that's, I'm a sucker for that. Like mm-hmm. I, I love to have things looking complete on the shelf. Is that the ones like where, you know, like for it, there's like the, the clown fit, like almost like the, the sort of sketch of the clown or like with like, it's like the, the solid white one. Um, and then for like skeleton crew there, it's like. I'm trying to look at and see which ones they are. Because those ones, those ones are a little bit bigger, right? The, yeah, the yeah, they're just a little bit. Ones. Yeah, yeah. But, but there's also the smaller ones, like the they re-released all the tower books, and it's all one big picture. If you put them all side oh, by side, oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, I like that. Ones. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I still have the really shitty. Um, I think they're the Signet ones from like back in the the early aughts or mid aughts or something like that. So oh, the I, big, the white, the white. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, with like white the, kind of thing, big Stephen King. Yeah, uh, and it's not very good. They're very, they're very lame photos that look like they're like pulled from like Photoshop. They're like, oh, we need a train. Let's look, you know. Let, let me just Google that real quick. Uh, skull, <laughs> yeah. skull train. Here we go. Exactly yeah. right. You're like, oh, yeah. skeleton crew. That sounds creepy. We'll just put a bunch of skulls on top of it. But um, yeah, That's no. Not a fucking monkey, okay? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh, not not very good. So, but the thing is, like, I don't actually read my hardcovers though, or I at least try not to. I think like for pets material i did just to have that feeling because there's a you know the second third go around for me at that point but do you ever read do you read the hardcovers or do you buy a paperback to kind of go through those so you can carry it around uh it's like if i'm at home sometimes i'll I'll bounce between editions Mm -hmm. so like if i'm ever going out somewhere i will take a paperback because you know i I don't want to ruin a book or or anything i don't want to ruin my hardcovers so (laughs) but if i'm sitting at home if i'm like got my feet up i've got a record on like maybe yeah i'll sit there with my hardcover and enjoy it. Uh, I cannot read. I've I, okay. So I've been reading the stand for about a year now. Yeah. Uh, just because it's I don't know. It's a slow burn. It's not my favorite. Fight me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I went out and bought the the bigger uh, paperback of that because I couldn't I couldn't read it as the small paperback because the words are too small and then the hardcover was just I don't know it was it was too hard so I went out and bought and that's so that's uh, I've been sticking with that one for a while. And I think it's just the perfect size to like, it's, you know, it's got some give cause it's a paperback, and, mm-hmm. but it's, it's bigger. So you yeah, know, words aren't like minuscule, but biblical font here. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. I, I was, uh, uh, when we were rereading the stand last year, that took me about, oh God, I want to say a month or so, or maybe a little less than a month, like to get through. And we, I was bringing it everywhere. And by the time it was done, like that paperback, like it just was so destroyed and tattered and it was just been you know, oscillating around in my backpack and just not a, not a good copy anymore. But, um, it's funny cause like it is really long. And for that one, I actually started actually just tearing out the pages and then crumpling them and then like throwing them away. <laughs> cause I was traveling a lot and, um, and it was just happened at a time when I was just nonstop traveling. So I kept just ripping out 
each page after I was done and then just like throwing it out. So like literally my copy is all across the world, almost like Pennywise. So it's, it's kind of fun. That's um, cool. yeah. So, but, but the problem was like, you know, there's a lot of references to past events and then I'd be like, Oh shit, it's not there anymore. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just like, but it was kind of cool by the time we get to the end to have like two or three pages left or whatever. I do not suggest doing this cause this is, you know, it's, it's kind of a sin to rip apart a book, but sometimes these books are just way too big to carry around. And it's just, you know, it's what you got to do. Um, yeah. with regards to bookstagram culture, what, what would you say is like the most inviting thing about it? Just the people, the yeah. people are great. You know, yeah. um, every day I feel like there's a new, new account coming on and, and, uh, and I, I get to see everyone support the person and, and completely welcome them with open arms. And, and it's kind of a nice thing to see. And then, uh, and to see those accounts like skyrocket sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, see somebody new come into the game and then just like, boom, yeah, they're, they've, they've gone up there or whatever. And I'm just, I'm sitting there like, good on you, kid. Good <laughs> on you. You know, I'm just, I'm just sitting back. I'm relaxing right now. I'm, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's great. It's, it's a, it's a good experience. I, I'm so glad that I, uh, somehow made my way into, into bookstagram and, um, and I have so many amazing friends around the world now that I love talking to. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you been able to meet anyone? Uh, no, I, I haven't in person. I, I haven't traveled a lot, but, uh, I don't think I've even met anybody like around, the, there's there's some people in town in the town that I live in mm-hmm. that I've met on Bookstagram that I still have not met in person. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think there needs to be like a like a Stephen King Bookstagram festival, and it should take place like maybe in Maine, and then we, everyone just stalks Stephen King's house <laughs> and just well, goes right around awesome. it. You know, every Bookstagram fan just you know with their favorite edition just standing outside his house and just be like, Stephen, come out. Um, but uh, no, that's not a good idea. And I don't but maybe no, 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 it'd probably be then probably would scare the hell out of them, actually. But in terms of going through the greatest hits of mm. King, uh, this is going to be kind of a speed round of sorts. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the hardest one first. But uh, what would you say is your favorite book? OK, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. You don't have to but, go too uh, quick. There, you don't have to go too quick. You can, you little, can totally uh, expand. <laughs> there's a little story behind this one. So I thought, you know what? I read it for the first time last year. I read yeah. the novel. And because uh, Joe did a read along mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I don't know, it was I was really slow going for me. Like I was trying and I was trying and, and life just kept getting busy and in the way. And uh, so I, I didn't finish it on the month that she had planned it for. But I feel like I finished it when I needed to, because mm-hmm. uh, while I was reading it, I got a call from one of my friends uh, that uh, one of our our mutual friends had had passed away. Mm. Um, and so we. She had she came up and, and back to the city and this is where like because he was still, still living here, and uh, and so we all went to the funeral and I finished it the night before the funeral. Oh wow! And like I I sat in my room and I bawled because some of those man some of those quotes in the epilogue are just like, whoo yeah yeah, and uh, and so we all went to the funeral and you know we had a good cry and stuff and then we all went out to. Uh, to the bar in town that well, I work at this bar in town. It's kind of like the best one. Cause not, not cause I work there, <laughs> but you know, that's yeah. definitely a, yeah. a part of it, but we all got together and I was sitting there and I was looking around and I'm like, I haven't seen some of these people for like for years. Mm-hmm. And, and it was almost like the losers getting back together. Yeah. And, and even though, uh, Rob wasn't there, uh, you could definitely feel his presence. Yeah. And so I, I think that I, I really finished that book when I needed to. Oh, okay, hold on. Woo. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely finished it when I needed to. And I think that whole situation uh, kind of elevated it to, to number one for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, that's, I, that's kind of a brief little thing why, why it is my favorite book. No, it absolutely makes total sense. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a hell of a parallel. It's, it's, it's interesting when pop culture can do that though. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I mean, that's what it's for. I mean, that's why I love pop culture so much. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an escape and it's also sometimes that, uh, that, that this is going to sound very treacly, but sometimes that pillow that you need to lay on sometimes, you know, you know, just, you yeah. just, you just fucking need it. And, um, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's, um, I mean, not, it's not great, but it's, it's also just, it's very nice that it was there, you know? Yeah. Um, 
it was it was Ka, if you will. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I imagine this will be tied. Oh, well, no, you already answered this before, but your favorite character is still rolling or uh, do you got oh, any, uh, you got any runner ups? No, uh, Jake Epping. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Because uh, when I was reading uh, 112263, it was, I don't know, it was, uh, it was a great It was a great romance. It was like, uh, you, you sit there and you know how you, you, you know, when you're, 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 when you're a boy, you make fun of the girls for reading all these romance novels and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, when I was reading that book, I'm just like, I want this. I want this yeah. love story. Like, I'm like, ah, oh. but there's, and there's so much heartbreak in that story. And I just, I was just like. I would okay no that's all right I would I would I would stand through all that bullshit and I don't know that's why uh, Jake's my favorite character I love, love Jake so that book really did a number on me um and, mm. the, and, the, and by the end of that book I mean I just was bawling <laughs> I don't know I just I think it is one of the, the the best romantic stories of the last one of the best romantic stories ever yeah I mean, it really is say that yeah H- have you watched the miniseries not yet I've been uh I've been waiting for a period of that i can just binge it yeah it's uh, it's pretty solid uh you know yeah because yeah, like i always thought like if jake was hard to cast i definitely thought sadie was gonna be hard to cast because she's just so like it's just an unbelievable character and um sarah Gadon, who does the the role for it in the, the miniseries is just fantastic um just really brings her to life so definitely give it a shot and james franco is really good at, as uh, jake also but uh who's your favorite villain uh, Gary Busey in Silver Bullet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, probably, you know what? The Man in Black, Randall Flagg. Oh yeah, yeah. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. That 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 whole guy. You know. Which flag do you prefer? You know. Uh, well, I have I've watched the uh, the Stan miniseries. Yeah. So I, I always I always picture uh, Flag as Jamie you know, Sheridan. His, yeah. 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 <laughs> Me too. Me he too. Got his denim jacket on and. <laughs> big flowing hair and stuff and uh yeah um and then i don't know i guess when i reread the the gunslinger this past time i guess i i imagined him but like in a cloak or something mm-hmm. you know i don't know but yeah he's now that is the man in black for yeah me. I, yeah me too jamie sheridan's amazing <laughs> um i wonder if this is tied to the man in black but a scariest moment for you scariest moment uh i think it's actually the reveal uh at the end of boogeyman yeah uh, on in night shift because that was that was very that was freaky man it it creeped the hell out of me yeah i did, I did not see that coming at all <laughs> which which is interesting uh you know you'd think that i guess nowadays with horror it's so it, you're it's so like you're so prepped to have that sort of twist but yeah that that, that got me also uh were you ever were you scared of the closet growing up <laughs> uh so so i was more scared of like you know well the basement of course and yeah every time you walk by the stairs and there's you'd, you'd look down into the dark and you'd swear that there was something down there like oh, what's that outline or something i'm seeing or i mean is that just a pair of eyes looking back at me <laughs> like yeah i was i don't know i was i was a scared kid i loved horror but yeah i was i was a chicken shit <laughs> yeah. well are you uh are you chicken shit about gross stuff because what is your grossest moment uh that you or your favorite grossest moment in all of king's work well i know you know how i mentioned that i had read uh i started reading gerald's game mm-hmm. back when i was in grade eight yeah um well then i put it down and then a couple years ago i started dating this girl and she'd never read a stephen king book and i was like here let's let's buddy read one together right <laughs> i i haven't read let's read gerald's game oh right? god like, hi <laughs> to meet you. Let's read this book about S and M and and gore, like. Um, so and then she ended up loving it. She like devoured it. Yeah. And and so I was trying to. I was always trying to catch up. But I think that the the grossest moment was when uh, Jesse finally gets out of the handcuffs. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. I was eating a plate of spaghetti at the time uh, or something, and I was just like, mm, can't do it. Appetite gone. Yeah. Like. <laughs> that's pretty pretty rough the the description i don't know if i i I, but you know the the description of the yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, have you seen Um, the movie (laughs) uh no not yet i'm uh well let's just say they 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 do they definitely do that section justice for sure uh which is great yeah yeah that's a that's a that is a very gross because it's so surreal yeah because you don't really think about that you're like oh yeah i guess it would do that oh okay that's fucked up um the only time that i've ever been physically ill when reading a book was Gerald's game 
thoughts? Well, I would recommend not ever reading, if you haven't already, uh, American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis, because that is still the most disgusting book I've ever read in my life. Um, and I love, and I don't get scared often, I don't get grossed out too much, but that was a book that definitely made me almost hurl a couple of times. Uh, very gross stuff. But um, what would you say is your favorite, favorite adaptation? Uh, I really love Pet Cemetery. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's just that movie is fantastic. I'll, I'll always be like, Oh, I'm going to, I don't know. I'll throw something on for background noise or whatever. And I throw on pet cemetery and mistake because then I don't get anything done. I just sit there and watch pet <laughs> cemetery. Yeah. Um, but another one of my, uh, favorite adaptations, which was kind of a surprise to me. I came across this, this tape, um, Stephen King's night shift collection. And it has a Frank Darabone directed, uh, the woman in the room. Yeah. That's a That's so good. And it was amazing. Heart wrenching. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh my goodness. That was, I, and that was easily one of my, you know, it skyrocketed to, to one of my favorite adaptations, even though it was, it was, uh, you know, really short, you know, he's kind of an MVP when it comes to adaptations, uh, for King and to see him start off with that, it was just, I don't know, it's, it's very cool. And it's such a, it's such a, a different story from King too. And I feel like Darabont was the one that brought the prestige on screen for Stephen King. And so it's interesting to see him start with the woman in the room and, so that's a that, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, what uh, what about your least favorite book? Uh, yeah, and this was funny. I actually was looking at some of the the old posts that I had put up on Instagram before I had read a lot of King, and I I was just making assumptions. And uh, I, I at one point in my life I said that Gerald's Game was my least favorite book. Yeah, but that was that was before I read it. Uh, I think just by default I have to say Dreamcatcher. Yeah, that's, a, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> you know, it, well, it was the one that started it off for me, but there was nowhere to go but up. Like, yeah. oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm very happy that I started with that book because like every King book I read, I'm just like, like, damn, like yeah. that was OK. New favorite book. OK, damn. Like, OK, new favorite book. And uh, I, I don't know. It's just Dreamcatcher was good and it'll always hold that special place in my heart. But I'm I'm older. I'm wiser. I don't think the dick and fart jokes are going to really make me giggle the way that they once did. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, it depends how much I get, I guess. So what would you say is your least favorite adaptation then? Uh, I have a tie, actually, mm. for your least favorite adaptation. Uh, so bag, did you ever see the Pierce Brosnan Bag of Bones? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, it's garbage. It, it is, is bad. so garbage. It's yeah. holy. I, I couldn't <laughs> like I was just like I was sitting down and I was I was watching it on like 1.5 speed. I'm just like, OK, just fucking like end it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done. And I love the book so much. I think mm-hmm. like the book was another great like love story and stuff and uh but but that was that was shit and then uh <laughs> what tied it um was the other the other short from the night shift collection the boogeyman even though it's it's one of my it's the scariest stories the adaptation by uh jeff shiro or uh shiro or whatever it's, yeah no, it's, it's so bad. <laughs> no no it's it's I, that's why i'm actually kind of excited that they just announced that they're going to be doing an adaptation of it um it's going to be hard to to do a feature length version of it. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of padding, I feel. Yeah, so that's that, that's a that's a that was a fun speed round, but um Yeah, well quick I want to mention one more uh least favorite cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I do that? Okay. Oh, the go for uh, it. the VHS cover of uh The Night Flyer because the vampire is on the front and that ruins the whole lead up and reveal at the end. Um It's yeah. a fun movie though. Yeah. No, totally, totally. You know, you are a horror fan. You definitely proved this on your Instagram account. You got uh, a hell of a VHS collection. You've already mentioned that you Thank got you. horror soundtracks. Uh, I wanted to know, you know, what are some, uh, you know, your other favorite horror franchises or horror stories? Do you read any other horror authors? What's your DNA for horror, basically? Um, well, I, I recently read some Lovecraft. Oh, nice. uh, my first Lovecraft, kind of thing, At the Mountains of Madness, and then a couple other short stories in there which house was one of my favorite reads in that uh collection that that is a dry read man yeah um, it really is so i can't say that i'm a huge lovecraft fan i can appreciate it and i, I love it um but that's just one of the recent horror authors i i've uh, i've read uh william peter blatty definitely has to be oh. one of my all-time favorites yeah. favorites i i think that either legion or the ninth configuration are my favorite book of all time like I could, I could read that thing every month. Uh, I love those books, and and they're just fantastic. There's just that whole, uh, even The Exorcist as well. I mean, that's probably my, and I'm gonna get uh, some guff for this, but that's probably my least favorite Blatty book. 
uh, out of the trilogy. Well, I mean, I look at them as a trilogy because it's like uh, all three books deal with like the struggle of good and evil and, and moral dilemmas and how you can prove something that doesn't exist mm-hmm. or that, that doesn't exist in the, the physical uh, realm. Like, the, the, how do you prove something that you can't reach out and touch? Kind yeah. Of thing, right. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it, don't get me wrong. I love The Exorcist. Great book. Five out of five for me. But yeah. Uh, something about Legion and Kinderman and and just the way that it's written, it's 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 great. It's fantastic. I love. Yeah, it. I agree with you with, with with Lovecraft. Actually, there's only a few stories of his that have really that really resonated with me that have stuck with me. Um, uh, Joanne and I share a love for Color Out of Space. Like I love that story, but mm. it's very different from his other works. Like it's not. There's not a lot of like signature elements to it like it doesn't have like you know the cthulhu there's kind of a small town atmosphere per se but it it actually reads more like a stephen king story and more of like an edgar Allan, uh well not edgar Allan poe but more like a ray bradbury but yeah like it, lovecraft is hit or miss for me um and yeah you know but i i could see why he's you know <laughs> the most influential. well his, his influence right it's like yeah. i love I, uh, everything that Lovecraft represents, like all that unknown horror and all that, and and all like the like Reanimator and uh, mm-hmm. uh, for, from Beyond, all those '80s movies that took Lovecraft and then like I don't know slapped a bunch of lipstick and sexiness and gore onto it, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> that that made it almost not Lovecraft, but like that whole idea of um, I don't know. Would it be wrong to say I almost enjoy Lovecraftian works more than Lovecraft himself? No, I think that's fine. I mean, honestly, like I, I know some people that are very I mean, there's a very similar uh, um, uh, description for Lynch, like David Lynch. Like so a lot of people don't like his works, but they like Lynchian works. So, you know, I, I don't talk to those people that don't like David Lynch. But <laughs> but uh, I but I, I could see where people come to that. I, I think I'm in that camp, to be honest with you. I, I think that people have I, I mean, I think King himself has done better uh, like versions of uh, Lovecraft than Lovecraft himself. Like I, I I've definitely enjoyed um oh god what was a uh, jerusalem's lot the short story more than any of the lovecraft stories other than out, color out of space like I, it's just there's something about him that just doesn't i feel he gets too um too beholden to his his aesthetic and it doesn't he doesn't he focuses less on narrative than he does on the actual like whatever I'm being pretentious yeah I'm yeah no i agree though like <laughs> I, I mean honestly like there are some descriptions in there i'm like all right Dude, you could easily shorten this and get to your point. And I just, that's why I always loved Edgar Allan Poe in terms of like old school horror over him. Just, it's like just far more effective and inventive stories than, than Lovecraft, who I felt like hid behind some of the descriptions as opposed to the narratives. Cause I mean, there'd be so many stories I'd read and I'd just be like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> like, right. Or you like, you fit, you. Uh, kind of zone out for a bit and you're like, oh, wait, what? Was, oh yeah, yeah. I was reading Lovecraft here. What's yeah. Right. Like, uh, but um, in terms of like horror franchises, I see that you uh, have a collection of Halloween. We have a Halloween podcast. Are you looking forward to the new movie? Yeah, your Halloweenies. Yeah, there is, uh, <laughs> I still need to check that one out. But yeah, I am. I am very excited. I like how uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is doing more of a Sarah Connor kind of thing in this one. Yeah, I've been slowly making my way because I haven't seen all the Halloween movies. Okay. To be honest with you. Okay. And I'm not in the camp that I hate number three. Honestly, I think they should have kept going with the, the horror anthology. But mm-hmm. I am excited for the new one yeah uh halloween four was dog shit i agree <laughs> uh, you know i watched it recently i'm like this movie is just bad yeah like, this is te- who who was like oh we got to bring michael myers back it's like let's make them regret that we have to bring michael myers back right yeah yeah <laughs> but the new one looks fantastic i'm uh i'm excited to see where they go with this uh blumhouse blumhouse yeah house yeah Bl- uh, those blumhouse. guys yeah, they've, yeah. Been, they've been doing great work yeah, they have. I mean, I mean, hell, they got. I mean, they just won some Oscars, so that's crazy. I, it's just, it's, it's wild. I, I'm looking really forward to it too. I, I, I'm also. In, I mean, you're preaching the choir when you're talking about the anthology versions for Halloween. I really, 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 really wish we got that sort of alternate universe than the mess that's four or five. And I actually kind of like. I, I think six is actually really great just because I love Paul Rudd, and we're going to be talking about that next month. But, mm. um, but yeah, no, four is like. It's just like. We let, let's just make it the terminator and and just have him where he's not even scary anymore he's just right in the you know outside of the shadows and unstoppable and it's just that just doesn't do anything for me um you know. how, how do we explain them them dying in explosion number four? Oh, me and michael we're badly burned yeah it's ridiculous it's just okay it's, yeah i mean it's pretty telling when there's really nobody else involved in the original ones that that much anymore i mean john carpenter literally went on a press tour for the the third one and was like no michael myers is dead he's done it's over like 
it's a very weird franchise to keep having sequels for because it really is just a guy who escaped from an NSA asylum in their first one. Yeah. Like, that's it. I mean, it's nothing. Unless you get into the mystical, all that ruined shit from the later <laughs> yeah. Halloween. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I will say, if you haven't seen Halloween Resurrection, never watch it. It's uh, not a good one. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, just skip it all together. It, it is the worst horror movie sequel i think that's out there it's just it's such a it's it's unbelievably awful and it's not fun awful like watching troll 2 or something like that so is it would it be fun to like do a drinking game to it or something because i might Uh, just maybe i don't know it's it's just it's one of those i guess it's interesting to see how they managed to rope so many stars it it might be the most star-studded halloween movie of all of them i mean you have tyra banks buster rhymes uh thomas ian nicholas from like rookie of the year uh katie sackoff from battlestar galactica um there's oh god i know i'm missing oh jamie lee curtis is in the beginning i mean it's ridiculous there's just so many stars in this movie but uh, the stars don't align um it's right yeah but oh god um you're better off than i've ever seen it all right, um, I will avoid it like the plague. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Captain Trips, I will avoid Halloween Resurrection. Seriously. So what, what would you say is your favorite horror franchise then? That's, uh, that's a really tough one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the Texas Chainsaw movies. Oh, wow. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, like they're, the one, even the ones that are bad are good. You know? And, well, I mean, Generations was, was really weird. Uh, Leatherface was a lot of fun. Texas Chainsaw 2 is one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I also love, like, when I was a kid, I preferred Friday the 13th. But as I grew older, I think uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies really took over that. Yeah. And I I think I'm in the uh, minority that doesn't think uh, Dream Warriors is the best uh, Nightmare movie. Um, Yeah, I I actually really like... um... Like I love Nightmare on Elm Street four. Um, yes, with a- the Dream Master Alice. Yeah, yes. I love Alice. I- Alice is just such a likable lead. I feel like her arc is really relatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. That, um, well, that's what I was gonna say. Number four is better than number three. I do love the third one a lot. My problem is there's some deaths in there that I can't stand. Like I still hate the Woke in the Prime Time thing. I get. I always thought that that the death was lame, even though everyone loves that death. But I think three is scarier. But I think four is more enjoyable. Like I will always watch four. Like it doesn't. It's such a self-aware nightmare in all street because by them he's so MTV Freddy. Right. You know, it hit that hit that perfect moment where it was yeah. like uh, between horror and camp. Yes. It's like that's the balance right there. I agree. I agree. And it's one I always remember. And it also has my favorite song of all time in there by Drama Rama. So I just like it's just a win win for me. But um, yeah. So like, I mean, in terms of the future for Stephen King, though, because that's a big part of horror right now. Uh, right. What are you most excited for in King's Dominion right now? Well, I, uh, of course I'm excited for it part two oh, me too. or it, it chapter two. That's going to be, uh, that's going to be great. Um, but I, I had completely forgot that it was coming out and I saw a post about it the other day. Uh, Castle Rock comes out in two weeks. Oh, it is good. On, on Hulu, it right? is good. It is good. We've, uh, we've seen the first four episodes. I, it is so good and it's going to, it'll blow you away how much connective tissue there is in this. It's, 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 it's wild. It's wild. Um, oh, okay. That's got me even more excited. Yeah, no, it's fun. And Oh God, it's like Easter egg heaven. You'll have a lot of fun with that one for sure. But yeah, I mean, it chapter two is going to be, I'm, I'm like, it's still so crazy how far away it is. We still have over a year and they're just starting filming, but it just feels like, uh, I guess that's a good thing. I mean, I, 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 I there should be a big distance between the first one and the second one, but, uh, Oh yeah, or else you're gonna get Star Wars sim- syndrome here. Uh, I know, right? I know. Well, we're not even we're not even gonna get into that. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, if you had to choose a loser, a member of the Losers Club that you would align with, who do you think it would be? Ooh, uh, you know what? I've I've always loved Richie. Yeah, he's kind of a smart ass. Love and, Richie. Uh, <laughs> mm, and I, I I don't know. I've always kind of been a smart ass like that. That. Um, you're a smart ass because you're putting up those walls mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep everybody out. Cause you know, you've been hurt before. You don't want to be hurt again. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> as cheesy as that sounds, I think that's uh, who I would most relate with. I mean, I would, I would love to say that, you know, Oh, you know, big bill like me, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a natural born leader kind of thing. Um, but I, there's different elements from every, um, every loser I think that I, I take from, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll go with, with Richie. 
Yeah, that's what, that's who uh, the, the the our listeners uh, tagged me with. I was I was very happy about that because I, I do love Richie and uh, love Finn Wolfhard because I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. So was uh, was happy about that. So we've reached the end, and it's up to you now to to kind of you know pass the torch to some other fan, another collector. And I uh, was interested to know who that would be because that will be the next person featured on our Collecting King segment uh, for, the, for the following quarter. Uh, you know what? This is probably what I stressed most about. Because uh, <laughs> I'm like, who who am I going to do? And I, I threw it to a couple people and they're like, like no, like I'm not I'm not going on a podcast or something. They're like I hate my voice kind of thing, right? Um, but I think that I'm going to, and he doesn't know that I'm going to throw this to him, but uh, one of the members of my quartet, Ooh. Brett Plaxton, uh, he's, uh, he's my, one of my buddies that lives here in town and, uh, I knew him before bookstagram and, uh, we actually worked at a radio station together briefly. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be on, on board for this. And he's also a really, uh, a good constant reader and constant collector. And he's kind of my, uh, I don't know, my, my partner in thrift, I suppose. Very Cause cool. like, I'll go out to, I'll go out to a shop and I'll be like, Hey man, I'll shoot him a message. Be like, that they have this hardcover at, at this place like and he'll go and pick it up and uh, and then he'll return the favor and then i'll return the favor and it's just but i also have problems with him because he'll go out and he'll he'll snipe all the good stuff before i get there ah yeah. uh, and so i gotta try to, to make it out before him actually i i have to give him props though i'm, I'm i have to recommend him because he uh, uh recently i've never seen twin peaks and i've always wanted to and so he told me that they had the complete collection down at the at the value village the thrift store here so I went down to check it out, and it was the the ten disc Blu-ray box set Ooh. with the two seasons and Fire Walk with me nice. for eight dollars. You are uh, again singing music to my ears. I am a huge Twin Peaks fan. So, did you consume it all, and did you watch? Uh, the... I haven't even started it yet. No. Ah, I'm so far okay. Behind. I know. I just got this like this week. Ah, yeah, you're I lucky. Just, I just picked it up. You are lucky. You are in for a wild ride. You're going to become obsessed with drinking coffee. You're going to want to have cherry pie all the time um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast you're gonna want to be eating at diners you're just gonna have uh it's gonna it, you'll be listening to weird ambient music it's a it's a total new world so i'm very jealous of you um i'm very excited for this yeah yeah well you know thank you so much you can find cameron's instagram account at uh skip baseman uh, is there are you a bass player uh yeah i used to be actually that's kind of an inside joke i i i call it uh baseman and bass man oh okay. uh, one of my friends uh his last name is bass and i used to be known as the third the third bass sibling oh okay or the, okay. the third bass brother i guess yeah. and uh, it's because we'd all hang out and go to metal shows together and stuff and cool. uh and their mom would be like oh my other son you know and that kind of thing so and then i did start playing bass so i i bounce back and forth i keep it interesting nobody really knows i'm the great confuser you know i should have gone with bass man in in hindsight i know i think it's just my just the musical leanings i'm just thinking bass so but that, I, that I is i'm glad i was right in a, in a way also so that's yeah, good people people go with bass i don't know skip bat uh bass man it kind of sounds like a dirty old man kind of thing right? <laughs> it does yeah i just think of seinfeld when it's just like <laughs> it's like hey yes man um but, uh, <laughs> yeah well hey cam this is awesome let's uh let's keep in touch you know we got a lot of stuff going on with the losers club uh coming up we're going to be talking about castle rock this month and then we're actually really going to go to Castle Rock because we're throwing greetings from Castle Rock, our two-day festival here in Chicago at the Music Box Theater. Very exciting. We've uh, we got a full lineup currently available for you at themusicboxtheater.com. Lots of details. You get your $40 passes. It is worth flying in. But for now, we're going to sign off. And uh, we, we, we do a Dark Tower sign-off. So if you want to join me, Cam, it's uh, long days and pleasant nights. And uh, here we go. One, two, three. Long, long days, days and pleasant, and pleasant nights. nights. All right. Well, Cam, see you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. Consequence Podcast Network.